Yeah. Yo. 50 years of hip hop. 50 years of hip hop from Listener Power, KEXP. Hey, hey, I'm Roddy Nickpour. Larry Mitchell Jr. is out this week, so I got together with Martin Douglas to talk about the phenomenon of commercialization in hip hop. Later, we're going to talk about the role of basketball in all of this, but what inspired this conversation for me was this one particular commercial in the late 2000s. Amazing things can happen when you taste Reese's Puffs. I don't really like Reese's Puffs anyway. They're kind of waxy and weird, but uh, did you see this commercial? No, I've never seen it. Okay. What? There was this commercial uh, about a kid whose life got exponentially better because he eats Reese's Puffs for breakfast. Like, for example, they talk about his allowance getting bigger and, like, he's trying to go to a concert. And then they're like, we're going to bring the concert to you. So that made an impression on me as a child. (laughs) It's funny because I feel like it's... um... It's almost alarmingly dated. <laughs> but like the music feels dated though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just it's just the music that feels dated, but it's not bad at all. There is a 2014 version of this that maybe also feels dated in a different way. That's a little more contemporary, the 2014 commercial. It's still very much like, oh, let's just create a create a rap jingle for <laughs> for the serial, but also like it sounds more modern. Yeah, I mean it is it is closer to this point in time. Yeah. Um, so the background I have on the Reese's Puff rap, the 2009 version, uh, it was written by a guy named Kevin Miles. He's a senior copywriter with a company tapped by General Mills. The production on the actual song was by Marcus Bell with vocals by Hasib K. McNeely. And in an article last year from Adage, Kevin Miles writes, quote, We did something that had never been done before. We made kids, not the serial, the hero, by focusing on the insight that teenagers feel like they have zero control in their lives from the time they wake up till the time they go to bed. They have to do what adults' rules and responsibility dictate. No surprise. They hate it. <laughs> I think that's very interesting because I never, I never approached the idea of that commercial from that angle, but it makes a lot of sense. What I wanted to also show you before we dive totally into this is some of the uh, other cultural reactions from that specific commercial. Um, for starters, apparently Little Yachty did a Reese's Puffs rap tribute. Oh, wow. R-E-S-E-S-P-U-F-F-S It goes on. And then in the other related Reese's Puffs lore, there's a Bandcamp page full of remixes using the Reese's Puffs rap verse. Like, wow. With other samples. Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs. That second one is actually pretty funny because I grew up listening to LL Cool J blaring out of the house. So it's fun to hear the Reese's Puffs rap blended into the beat for Mama Said Knock You Out. That's really, really inspired, actually. It's the flavor I savor. Frame would interested it's sultansofslams.bandcamp.com is where i found that bandcamp but i wanted to 
go beyond this commercial and talk about other examples. One being this SpaghettiOs commercial from the 2000s also. It's a spin on a Vanilla Ice song. That's a good one. Um, That takes me back to seeing the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in the theater and like listening to ninja rap. My 80s and 90s kids are going to feel me on that one. Earlier in this podcast, we talked about Curtis Blow doing a Sprite commercial in 1980. Mm-hmm. This is Curtis Blow with the latest trends. You got to know what's out and what's in. Talking about the taste of one that's right. Now more than ever, it's Sprite. The culture and the celebrity of hip-hop appearing in a commercial context. And another one kind of from the same era as the Reese's Puffs was that Drake commercial where he gets like a cyborg and he's getting like deconstructed. Do you know this I don't one? Think I've, oh I don't God. think I've seen that one, no. It's so weird. Yo, what's up? I'm just not feeling it. Drake's like in the studio <laughs> recording <laughs> something and he takes a sip of Sprite and then there's some CGI where his face like just deconstructs into multiple pieces. It's crazy to see how, how young Drake looks here. <laughs> oh, there it is. I don't I don't actually understand the, the message here other than Sprite flowing through his creative veins <laughs> which are also speakers and mix tapes so anyway um. i just want to give a quick shout out to sprite because sprite was in my experience the first brand that actually embraced hip-hop culture and took it seriously and i feel as though because they have always been so aligned with the nba it's like they sprite is kind of like the the black culture brand. Tell me, tell me more about that. Like, like Sprite's inclusion of hip hop in its marketing feels genuine. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say it was, I remember, um, what was that slogan they had in the nineties? Obey your thirst. I think rappers regularly made appearances in Sprite commercials and obviously were paid pretty handsomely to do so. And, And that's kind of the question I'm trying to get at with this episode, I guess is, what distinguishes a bona fide use of hip hop, like artist culture in marketing versus like people in a boardroom saying like, this is what the kids want. So we're going to make something. <laughs> I think it's an intuitive thing. Like people can tell a great example is the difference between the 2009 Reese's Puffs commercial and the 2014 commercial. The 2014 commercial sounds like, it was actually made by someone who listens to rap. Huh. Interesting. So you, you have you have the feeling that 2014 one is more faithful. Yeah, more, yeah. more faithful. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And like not to say that the 2009 commercial was bad or it's not even all the way disingenuous. It's just that it felt like it came from a corporate executive who was looking back at their childhood or their teenage years and being like, this is what rap sounded like. Once upon a time in commercials and, you know, we're both old enough to remember when commercials were mostly cheesy and like 
corporately generated and somehow that shifted to actually having somewhat of an emotional connection with young people and the things young people like, like hip hop music. Yeah. In my mind, it, it, it's, it's either a really bad thing or like a really good thing that we're seeing like hip hop in commercials, which is like bad because it's like, again, as you noted, like maybe someone in a boardroom who's never listened to rap until they were trying to make a commercial. Right. But then it's also a testament maybe in some ways to how widespread hip hop had become and still is to where it is an effective marketing tool to appeal. And I just think maybe that goes a long way to show in 50 years how far something like hip hop has come. The use of hip hop in commercials feels like it vastly predated the actual commercialization of hip hop. I came up in a time where hip hop actually became a commercial product rather than an art form that wasn't really understood by these huge corporations that generate money. And let's be clear, like corporations that are run largely by white men. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, the first commercial that used rap that I ever witnessed was for the sneakers. Um, they were called Converse Weapons. The Converse weapon. That's the shoot. That's magic. Do what he was born to do. And the commercial had a bunch of NBA stars. It was uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and they're all rapping short verses about Converse weapons. I'm on fire. Well, what can the weapons do for King? Well, I can do just about anything. You already know what you did for me. What? They obviously aren't very skilled rappers. But there's still something very fun about it. I'm not sure when that commercial was. I think it was like... 1986. 86. Okay, so the year before, that was the Super Bowl shuffle. Which was the 1985 Chicago Bears, like largely considered one of the best football teams of all time. We are the Bears, shuffling crew, shuffling on It, it's such a product of its time, I feel like. Like it was like, wow, Rapper's Delight exists and Live Aid is happening right now. We can we can do this. Obviously music and flows, etc., have advanced dramatically since nineteen eighty five. But like if you're in nineteen eighty five and you're listening to the Super Bowl shuffle, it's a really good song. And I'm world class. I like running, but I love to get the pass. I practice all day and dance all night. I gotta get ready for the Sunday fight. This is not a commercial per se, but it influenced the sort of commercial wave of putting rap in commercials. Is it exploitative or is it like a genuine success for hip hop to say like hip hop as a culture has succeeded to such an extent that it is widespread in our capitalist <laughs> outlets um that is that a sign of success or appropriation and it sounds like success i think what happened was it started out as appropriation because you know like you go back in the day like especially to the early mid 80s there probably weren't any black people whatsoever in those boardrooms but once you graduate to 
the commercialization of hip hop music when you think about you know, cash money records, selling 10 million records, yeah. signing, a, I believe it was like a hundred million dollar deal with Universal. Like hip hop music started actually making money. Mm-hmm. And when hip hop music started actually making money, that's when hip hop artists got in on the money too. When hip hop started making money unto itself, like people buying records and it kind of marks, in my mind, a transition from appropriation to, like, a sign of success yeah. for hip-hop. Absolutely. I feel as though when rap itself was proven as a product to be sold, that's when actual products took note of the commercial potential of hip-hop. I think a lot about the NBA tie-ins, the sneaker tie-ins, because some of my favorite commercials were commercials with rappers rapping about sneakers. My favorite of which is probably the Reebok commercial with, I believe it was Allen Iverson's first shoe, but Jadakiss is doing the rap and it's really good. All you need is a pair of these, nothing else. Your hesitation is stopping Papa be something else. Track masters and J to the bar. I keep an extra pair in my car. As far as influence is concerned, like I think a lot of NBA stars took cues from not only the way he played, but from the way he dressed. Allen Iverson brought hip hop style into the NBA, basically. This example seems important because it seems to exemplify this pivot you're mentioning where at first it felt exploitative where it was like people who aren't rappers are just kind of like making up songs to like sell their stuff. But then like you do fast forward to something like this in 1999, you see like what I would call actual like rappers like in commercials using their craft to sell a product, but like in a way that is genuinely engaging to a hip hop fan. Right. And that, actually well-written and well-conceived and could feasibly be put on a track as an actual song rather than just a commercial. Yeah. Actually, another Reebok commercial. It was Jay-Z and 50 Cent, and they had actually designed their own shoes for Reebok. And this is, you know, going into the weeds as a hip hop fan. <laughs> Back in um, 1998, 50 Cent put out a, a song called How to Rob and mentioned a bunch of rappers' names and, you know, made a bunch of jokes. And Jay Z was one of the rappers he mentioned. What you could just sell, like four milli, got something to live for. And Jay Z answered back in a line. I'm about a dollar. What the f is 50 cents? And kind of, you know, it wasn't like a beef. It was just, you know, general jousting, shit talk, whatever you want to yeah, call right, it. Right. But it's significant. Because in, I believe this was 2003, Jay-Z and 50 Cent come together for this Reebok commercial. And they're, you know, it's one of those things where they squash their beef to make money, which is the story (laughs) of both Jay-Z and 50 Cent. It's very much intertwined the worlds of hip-hop, pro-basketball, 
and sneakers. I think, you know, you you tie in the fashion with the music, with the sport. Like if you like sneakers, you probably have listened to hip hop in your day. If you like basketball, then obviously you want a pair of nice sneakers. <laughs> and the music is is woven into the games. Yeah. I mean, that alone. So there's an obvious partnership there. Yeah. Breakfast cereals, I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Reese's Buffs, Reese's Buffs. Eat them up, beat them up, beat them up, beat them up. This has been great, Martin. Yeah. Thanks for talking about um, commercials and hip-hop with me. Yeah, thank you for having me, Roddy. This was a very fun conversation. Thanks to Martin Douglas for sharing his expertise in this episode. I'm Roddy Nickpour, thanking you for listening to 50 Years of Hip-Hop, only from listener-powered KEXP, where the non-commercial broadcasting matters. All right, good game.